And now, The Low Post. Welcome to a special edition of The Low Post podcast with about nine days off in the Western Conference semifinals between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. I'm thrilled to have on a critical player in this series for the Memphis Grizzlies, the story of the season, this team in Memphis that never stops winning and talking trash and dancing on people's logos. Brandon Clark, how are you, sir? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm hanging in. So I'm going to start off with this. Yep. How many minutes do you think you played in the first round series between the Jazz and the Grizzlies last year? Oh, minutes played? Uh, Total minutes played for the whole series. Well, (laughs) I think I've played... It was like game three, maybe five minutes. And then I played the very end of game five, maybe like two or three minutes. So I'll guess eight minutes, maybe 10 minutes. Nine minutes and 18 seconds. Nine. Okay. So I was right there in the middle. Yeah. And there I, wasn't really that much playing time. <laughs> I, I've said, I've said before that one of the sneaky big developments of this season, first of all, I said when I filled out my six man of the year ballot, I was like, I wish I could give like a team vote to Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton, and Brandon Clark. And second of all, one of the sneaky big developments of the season was you have this great rookie year. I think I had you first team all rookie. I'm not 100% sure. I have to check. And then last year, there's a dip and we can talk about it. And And this year, it's like, here's here's Brandon Clark again. And it's been a huge part of the Grizzlies success. So 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 what happened? How did how do you go from nine minutes in of an entire first round series a year ago to like indispensable crunch time player currently? Uh, it was just, it was a long journey. Um, it was a bunch of work though. Um, I put in a bunch of work in my body, um, in my game and the confidence in my body and my game. Um, last year I kind of had some issues with some like injuries, just some, just some like nagging injuries that would bother me throughout the year. Um, I wasn't taking as great care of, uh, my body as I could, which I mean, at the time I thought I was, but really until this year, I realized there was a whole other level that I had to kind of take like, you know, like my diet. Um, just putting in the extra lifts, putting in the extra time in my knees and um, just pretty much everything that was bothering me last year. And then after that, I just put in extra work too on the court, um, making sure that, you know, that when I was on the court for the games, I was just fully like confident and fully ready for whatever. And just once that that happened, I just kind of felt like I was, you know, back to the, back to the regular me, which I felt always playing basketball. What diet wise, what's out or or what's in? I don't know what's more yeah. important. What went out or what went in? What's what's changed? Uh, I guess probably more of what went went in. Um, I'd probably just say just a bunch of more vegetables, more fish. Um, I cut out junk food, um, but it was just a lot more vegetables and kind of eating foods that I wouldn't really eat though uh, in the past, and just finding other ways to fuel my uh, body. So. You know, I could avoid injuries and I could just feel, you know, my uh, best throughout the the whole season because the uh, NBA year is a uh, grind. So it's kind of hard to feel good every game. But that was pretty much my uh, goal this year was to try to feel good every game. I always feel bad about myself when players talk about how they change their diet because I'm like, man, it's like everything I would have to cut out. Like I remember when Dirk Nowitzki retired, he had ice cream. And he was like, I literally haven't had dessert in 15 years. Like, that's how you play until you're 37 years old. I'm like, man, that's like I fail every three hours of my day. I do something that would disqualify me, among many other things that already disqualify me from being a professional athlete. Like I eat something every three hours. It's like you can't eat. It seems miserable. Yeah. Yeah, man, I understand. Yeah, that's just a part of being an athlete. You really got to just lock into those things. But that's something that I did this year, and it definitely paid off for sure. 
It also seemed from the outside like there was this idea of, okay, let's make Brandon a corner three-point shooter and have him spread the floor on offense. And it kind of got you away from what you're like, what's the central part of your game? Was that was that part of it too? Oh, uh, yeah. I was just, I was more, you know, I was more worried about the wrong things instead of just being great at what I was, you know, great at in the first place, really. Um, I was more you know, focus on my shot and being upset about my shot, rather than just like, you know, being focused on making every shot like I've done since college, basically. Like I'm a player that every time I shoot in the paint, I feel like I should make it. And even like last year, I was missing shots in the paint that I would, I would make usually my, my uh, whole career. So just a whole, just a whole mental flip. And I really just got like my mind back, back locked into playing the BC ball. How how did the floater happen? How are you just born with the floater? Like how did this become? You're you're like you're like sixty five percent on floaters. Has it always been like this? Since you're, are you are you five years old shooting floaters in the driveway? How uh, does this happen? No, honestly, I always try to think back to like the origin of this shot, and I think it was really in college I started shooting. I think maybe my senior year of high school I shot some, but um, in college though I got much much better at it. And then in the um, NBA, I got much, much better at it, too, because obviously playing versus guys that are bigger, um, it was a shot that I know that I could, you know, pretty much get off every time. So um, it was really, though, I'd probably say like around like senior year of high school is when I shot it at all. But um, when I got to Gonzaga, though, I shot it a pretty, pretty decent amount, but I shoot it a lot more now for sure. What was your reaction and the team's reaction, and we're taping this the day after game two against the Warriors, a 106-101 Memphis win. What was your and the team's reaction when you heard Steve Kerr's comments about Dylan Brooks, calling him calling his play dirty and against the code of basketball? Yeah, I mean, playoff ball is tough. I mean, there's so many emotions. There's so much going on. Everybody wants to win so bad, and I think players can get caught up in that and, you know, kind of act out when they shouldn't act out, and um, I think that Dylan obviously feels bad. I haven't really talked uh, with him much, but I saw that uh, Gary is injured from the play. So I watched it again, and Dylan definitely fouled him way too hard and did something that he shouldn't have done. So, uh, you know, but that's just, I mean, it's tough. I mean, there's obviously falls every game. That could definitely result in somebody getting hurt. But, um, yeah, I mean, you really don't want to see somebody get hurt off a of flagrant, obviously. So, um, but yeah, I know that Dylan feels, feels bad and, um, it's just a real like bad part of the game, obviously, but, um, yeah, hopefully we can all move on from that. Now you were also flagrantly fouled in a series that has been quite violent yeah. by Draymond Green. Um, yeah. you, after the game said it was <laughs> quote, not shocking based on Draymond Green's past uh, yeah. flagrant foul habits. Yeah. Um, and I love Draymond. I think he's a basketball genius, but he has yeah. committed a lot of flagrant fouls. Did he, mm-hmm. was there some, uh, he clapped back at you a little bit in the, in, in the media, but once the yeah. game starts, is there any, is there any trash talk back and forth between the two of you about this subject matter or have you moved on? No, I think that, uh, Draymond knows that I didn't really mean to like insult him or anything. I didn't mean it for, I'm not really somebody who, you know, goes to the media and tries to create drama. I'm not somebody who tries to do any of that. So I think that he kind of realized that, um, we didn't have any kind of, you know, trash talk during the game, nothing different. I'm not a big trash trash talker either. Um, I just like to go out there and play really. So I think that he kind of kind of knows that too. So, I mean, so yeah, uh, it, it was just, I mean, I have, I've been watching him forever. 
Um, he was definitely one of my favorite players when he was in college. Um, I was a Braun fan, though, growing up, so I had to kind of, like, root against him for a while. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, he's just a great a, a great player who does a lot for his uh, team, though. So, um, yeah, definitely somebody that I've, you know, watched a bunch. And, um, yeah, I'm sure that he kind of knew that my comments weren't, you know, too uh, too 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 harsh to be mad now- about. Between the first two games of this series, which have been just crazy and down to the wire, and yeah. whatever the hell just happened between y'all and the Timberwolves for six games, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this crazy. has been this has been a crazy couple of weeks. I mean, do, do do the games feel different than regular season games? And and I don't yeah. know if you can go back in that Minnesota series and think, you know, now that you've had some time away from it, like a moment, a possession, a conversation after one of the games. Like, that's the thing I'm going to take with me from that series, or that was my favorite memory of that series. That was like an NBA nerd. Like, all the NBA nerds were loving that series. I don't know what what you took from it or what your memories are. Yeah, it was just – it was different for me, man. That was my first time having a real playoff series where I had a lock-in all the way. And it was just – wild having to play the same team six times and like having to make changes every game having to watch the film and having to learn from 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 the film and having to feel bad about you know like messing up in the game and having to wait for the next game to finally try to play better um but it's a grind though man it's um it just takes uh, it's like a different level of uh, focus really and um a different level of fun though that i kind of uh didn't really know was a thing until I, i got to actually play Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code LOW. That's code LOW, L-O-W-E, my last name, the name of this podcast. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. It's also the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering on. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your personalized training in mind. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes help you focus on your needs and goals. They are also made to challenge you with a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, okay? Full body strength, marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. Peloton's expert coaches and nonstop vibes, hashtag vibes, will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. With a wide variety of options, whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Um, let me, you just, you just hit on something that I wanted to ask you about, about high stakes moments and the culture of your team and and what it feels like to, to not mess up, but just, I just want to take you to take us inside a couple of moments. So game one against the Warriors. Okay. And I noticed this watching it live. 135 left to go. I can't remember what the score is. It's very close. Obviously Gary Payton kind of drifts free behind you and job for a dunk. I think you guys got mixed up about whose responsibility yeah. he was. And I, it's a, obviously a big basket they end up winning. Dylan Brooks is screaming first at Ja and then at you. 
probably some version of what the f*** happened, get your shit together, blah, blah. How, does, how do you go – how do you sort of – how is a team culture healthy enough to like take that in the moment? There's yeah. no finger pointing back and forth. Like you, you go from that yeah. to locking in to, to the next play. Like that's got to be a crappy feeling at first, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was I was actually mad at that play for a whole day. <laughs> I was pretty mad because we lost by one. So, you know, there's a bunch of plays where you lose by one and you're pretty upset about it. But, I mean, that's just, um, you know, I have really, really good teammates and I have trust in them. And, you know, we've, we've been through battle. You know, we've been through war, war together. So, you know, I have trust in Dylan if I mess up for him to tell me. Um, you know, I told Dylan um, if he does, does something wrong, I told Jaw. Uh, that's just kind of a trust and the chemistry that we've built. And I think that that's uh, kind of what really makes us great, too, and why we've won so many games that were close this year is because kind of have that trust and that chemistry together. And um, we're able to, you know, know that if we do mess up, that we got to be better next time. And everybody is accountable, right? Like you said, you're not afraid to say yep. that to to to, to Ja, to Jaron, to who? Have you have you given Jaron any advice on how to stop fouling? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've given him a lot of advice. I I get I get pretty mad at him at times. We all do. Um, I tell him a lot though, <laughs> especially during uh, playoff time. Like every time that I am on the court with them, I try to yell at him to give him to like give him hints. But, um, you know, he just tries to really make hustle plays. And, you know, it seems like it's a simple thing, but it really is tough for him and tough for some other people to, you know, play clean and to, you know, try to be perfect every time while you're thinking of so much um, other stuff and, you know, where you're trying to block shots and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I do give Jaron a bunch of tips, though, for sure. Do you, do you, I try to. Do you want to start? Because I've said on my podcast and on TV – I kind of don't understand why Brandon isn't starting because their best line to me from the outside, your best lineup yeah. is Ja, Dylan, Desmond, you and Jaron. And you, you will, yeah. I think that is your most played lineup in the playoffs, but just by a little bit, because yeah. by the time you get in, Jaron's already in foul trouble. It's like, we can't, yeah, get, to, we can't get to this lineup. Do you want, do you want to start? Do you care? Do you get what I'm uh, saying? No. Yeah. I, I don't care. Um, it's really up, up to the coach. I think, I think by now, coach is comfortable with me coming off the bench and bringing that extra edge off the bench, bringing that light energy off the bench. It's something that's pretty uh, crucial to have, you know, good guys coming off the bench. And it really can, you know, win a game for a team if you have, you know, guys that can come off the bench and make a really big impact on the game. So um, I, I like, you know, like definitely get it because, um, you know, I'll be coming off the bench and, you know, in the playoffs, I'll play like 35 plus minutes coming off the bench. So it's not like it, it, it really makes any kind of difference for me. Um, I'll do, you know, whatever coach wants. We talked about your floater and, and all this, but the Grizzlies ask a lot of you defensively and, and in yeah. a lot of different ways. So you guard Cat a lot in the first round, but you'll switch on to yeah. D'Lo. You'll switch on to yeah. Anthony Edwards. Last night you would guard Draymond, and and then you have these moments. I wonder if you if you have this out of body experience, like, okay, I'm switched, I'm switched <laughs> on to Steph Curry, and on the next yeah. session I'm switching on to Clay Thompson. Like this is a five alarm fire at all times. Do yeah. you what do you do you let yourself think about that in the moment, or is it just like you're just playing defense? Oh, uh, I'm just playing defense. I don't even think about that really. Um, I'm not really. Yeah, I just think of guarding these guys and. You know, um, I've watched so much film of me already messing up in the first round, letting these guys shoot shoot threes on me, <laughs> letting these guards pull up threes on me. So I'm like, this is not the series where I'm going to, you know, get to watch film and feel bad about Curry and Clay just crossing up and, you know, hitting threes. So, um, but, you know, those are guys that are some of the best shooters ever. Like, they're like actually one and two, the best, you know, shooters ever. So 
um, you know, I'm grateful that I'm even given the chance to guard them. Um, you know, I've been I've been watching them play forever. So and, yeah. now, and now they're throwing pool in who's who's shifty yeah. off the dribble in, in lots of different ways. Did you guys anticipate that they would start Gary Payton in this series or did you think they would, uh, they would start pool and all three of the guards? Yeah, I don't I don't think that we knew that they were going to start Payton. We knew that they were going to possibly start somebody else that wasn't that wasn't loony. But um, wasn't sure who who it was going to be. I think you know they had Payton out there for his defense guarding job probably, which makes sense. Um, so we didn't we didn't really talk about that too much, but uh, we were pretty much ready for um anything though. Uh, the talk now after Ja puts up forty five last night and just some of these finishes, the twisting, Crazy. spinning. He put Jordan Poole on the floor with a fake spin late in the game. Uh, just insane. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. It was crazy. Were you on the floor for that? You must. I, I don't know how you just don't. I was. Don't 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 marvel at it. I mean, that was that was a crazy move. Yeah, it, I honestly just get hype off of those plays. I think it just gives me some more like energy to play defense. Um, Jod just pretty much says like, if y'all just lock in on like defense, I got y'all offensively. And I think he scored our last like fifteen points or something. Um, I don't know what it was, but it was crazy to watch. I'm always right there for all of his plays too. So I'm always getting the like best view of him doing all of his crazy dunks and all of his crazy like crossover moves. But um yeah, he he just really is learning how to put a team on his back in the fourth and how to just take over and how to win these really big games for us. Are you guys anticipating that the talk after this game was they're not going to let Ja be this comfortable in the open floor. They're going to blitz him. They're going to trap him. They're going to press him. He's just not going to be able to, to get his. Are you guys anticipating that and already sort of plotting like, all right, if they do that X, Y and Z, we have to do we have to do these other counters. Yeah, I mean, we have a bunch of plans for a bunch of different defenses. Uh, you know, the Timberwolves, you know, they trapped him a bunch. Uh, they made it tougher for him. So it's something that we have definitely worked on a bunch. It's something that we're used to because Job being as great as he is, um, you know, he is going to, you know, have times where he's going to have to pass it and, like, other guys are going to have to make the play. So uh, it's something that we're kind of used to and something that we're going to be ready for. Lost in the highlight reel of Jaw finishes last night and the Gary Payton, Dylan Brooks thing. Um, I think you're, you might be happy that it was lost, but I have to ask you about it. Wiggins, Wiggins got you pretty good. Your fellow Canadian got got you pretty good, and the whole Warriors bench was there talking right at you. And you just you just seemed like you kind of got up and jumped back on defense, and then dunked on the other end. But when you yeah, when you see it. that coming, is there a is there a moment where you realize uh oh? And do, who was the loudest voice on the Warriors bench getting on you? <laughs> um no man i mean like um i love it man it's playoff basketball um i'm gonna jump every time for everything um i honestly he kind of caught me off off uh, guard though a bit i didn't think that he was he was gonna dunk it i thought he was gonna try to lay it in kind of but he you know powered it, it through my uh hands really so um on the bench though it was uh an assortment of voices yelling at me i couldn't really <laughs> tell whose voice it was uh they probably weren't saying nice things i couldn't really hear them that well but yeah, I mean, it was just like, um, just, you know, get back on the next play and then dunk really like, um, I mean, it's something that's, you know, going to gonna gonna happen in the playoffs, something that's going to happen. Andrew Wiggins can jump high. I'm sure that, you know, the whole country of, uh, of Canada was kind of happy to see that or kind of shocked or they probably thought it was cool. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, I can definitely, you know, I mean, I'm somebody that, you know, dunks on people too. So um, I definitely, you know, kind of know what the, like, feeling is. So. 
I just I just try to get get back up quickly and go and you know make a play on the other end. You already kind of hinted at this, but I was thinking about your game and the Grizzlies in general, and I was like, you know, this is this is a this is an in your face team with an in your face personality, but like I don't really I don't really remember Brandon Clark being like a big trash talker or getting anyone. So and, and so I was and and you are self described you are the quieter one I guess of this group. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really one that talks too much trash. If I get hyped, though, I'll definitely yell something at you. But it won't, it won't like really be like personal, though, really. But yeah, we got some some guys though that like to you know chirp kind of, and they can definitely back it up though. So uh, that's just kind of been like a theme of our team, just kind of having the bark and the bite together. And uh, it's been fun, really. It's been fun seeing that, and it's been fun being a part of it. So speaking of that. I think the moment that you guys denounced yourselves to casual fans, I mean, the people who do this every day for a living, we, we, we've been watching your rise, but it was the Lakers game in Los Angeles, um, which has the jaw block on Avery Bradley, which we'll talk about, but it also has the Desmond Bain, LeBron trash talking incident when LeBron is kind of telling you guys just shut up and play, you know, and, and, and I went back and watched that today because I was like, I wonder what, what Brandon's doing during that kerfuffle. And what you're, what, no, what you're doing is you're standing next to Desmond as this argument is happening. And then you start pointing down at the floor and saying something. And I can't tell what you're saying. Do you re, what do you remember of that exchange? I got to see it again. I might have just been saying that, like, yeah, Bron, we're, we're, like, here now. Like, you know, like, we're here for good now or something. I was probably saying something similar to that. I haven't seen that video in a while, but. Probably just, you know, like backing up Dez and his battle versus one of the great players ever. So I was just trying to be there for uh, Dez probably. But, yeah, I think that was definitely a, a time where, you know, the world kind of saw that we have grit for real and that we're and that we really don't care because we won the game by 30 plus two or like mm-hmm. we were up by like 30 plus at least. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that, that was definitely crazy to see. I mean, I was like, wow, Dez, you're definitely brave for that. Like, that's kind of a lot. But um you know des had a crazy great year and played so well so it's something that i you just tell he just had like all the confidence in the world yeah you don't see a lot of guys go at lebron particularly now now he's yeah. like he's like in his is and he's like 37 or something he's a really elder yeah. statesman of the game where so it was surprising then to see like this young guy just getting in there. I mean, now he was talking he didn't have yeah. to talk but he was it was surprising yeah, uh, I think that, I mean, like I said, Des is just like a really like confident guy. And in his game, it was just, I don't think he has any fear. And I'm not sure if Bron bumped him first or something, but if Bron did bump, bump him first, I know Des wasn't really going to back down and he was definitely going to say back something to him. Uh, what do you, what are your memories of that block on Avery, the flying <laughs> Superman block? Are you on the floor? I should have rewatched Man. it before this. Yeah. Where were you? I was, I think I was on the bench and I think I like dove on the ground afterwards. So, so shocked. Like every time that I'm like on the bench or in Jada, some crazy, like I usually just dive on the like ground or like, or like I just fall down to the ground because I'm so shocked at what I, what I just saw. Um, yeah, that was a crazy one. I've seen Jada get some crazy blocks and some crazy dunks on the bench. And man, it's, it really, it can really get you hyped and really just make playing every night so much more fun. So, um, Yeah, just craziness. I think I dove on the ground, though, for that one. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Uh, I read uh, a piece on you, and I, I had forgotten that you moved to Phoenix when you were very young, I think three or four years old. And it said in this piece, it was in The Athletic, that you would watch like Steve Nash fundamental DVDs, and you're a big Amari Stoudemire fan. And I can see the I can see the Amari in your game, but what did you take? Like when you're watching those Steve Nash videos, you're you're now you're a big man, not a point guard or anything. But like, what is there actually like a skill you took from the Steve Nash videos that you really tried hard to master? That's still kind of in your game now. I would just say basketball IQ, just making making the right plays doing like the right thing being um like um being in the right place on the court uh that's probably what i've kind of gained the most from from that now because obviously i'm like not a point guard and i don't really you know play the the way nash did but just kind of trying to have that basketball iq that he had and trying to make the right plays and just trying to do all the right things on the court really so were you you mentioned before you were a Braun fan growing up but were the Suns ever your team were you a Suns fan yeah, I was a huge Suns fan from uh, like 2004 to 2011. I was a huge fan of them. And I was really sad when they lost every year. Like they would get so close and then they would lose to Kobe or to Dirk or to Tim Tim Duncan. So I was always sad. But yeah, I was a really big fan of uh, those or of yeah those teams. And uh, it was like two, 2007 and 2010, I think, were my favorite teams. But I was a huge fan, though. Then when LeBron went to uh, the Heat, I was watching them and I just kind of like I was like, wow, this guy's awesome. And then he was my favorite player from like 2011 to like 2019, basically. Have you met <laughs> Have you met Robert Ory in real life as a as a young Suns fan from the mid 2000s? Have you met Robert Ory and addressed <laughs> addressed the hip check of Steve Nash with him? Oh. No, I have not. I have not met him. I actually, I kind of forgot about that. But yeah, he uh, he was. No, you're good. That that, that team was kind of hard on him. Yeah, like when it came to getting hit, and when it came to getting his nose broken. Um, yeah, that was definitely uh, crazy to watch when I was younger. I was yeah, I was a huge fan actually back then. So you said 2010 <laughs> Suns, and it's funny because that's also yeah. one of my favorite single season teams of all time. And it's it's yeah. although they made the conference finals against Kobe, it, it is kind of an NBA deep cut. Why did you like yeah, that was, particular Suns team so much? I think it's because that might have been the last Suns team that I was really locked into. Because after that, I was pretty. I think that was the that was the game that like Ron Artest hit the game winner in game. I think it was game five, like a pivotal game five or game three off the board. Like I was so mad at that, and 
Um, I don't know. I think that team though was really good. I think that was that was their last punch, their last chance to like win 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 a ring, and they didn't do it though. But um, yeah, I think that kind of that team just kind of like resonates with me because it was their last squad together, really. Uh, do you guys even notice Jaw's dad on the sidelines anymore? Is it is it so much part of <laughs> your do. team that you it's just like background noise? I I love it by the oh, way. But I, Dylan yeah. Brooks ran into him in game one and coming back from a three oh, almost knocked him over in his seat. Do you do you even notice him anymore? That's funny. Um, I do, and like I love it honestly. He's always there supporting us. Uh, he's like always there cheer, cheering cheering us on. Um, I can always hear him. He's always saying positive things to me uh, to my teammates. So, you know, it's definitely like having like another player out there basically. So, and he, he comes to the games on the road. He comes to the home game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've honestly, uh, yeah, I definitely like, like seeing him there and he's a pretty big boost to our team actually. Uh, I've heard you and Jaron are, are very, very close. What's other than being teammates and, you know, you, you are play the four and the five together and all that. What, what's the source of, of that bond? What do you guys have in common? What do you guys do when you hang out? Uh, we do a lot. We, uh, we watch a lot of TV together. We, uh, we watch a lot of, a lot of movies together. He's a really big fan of like reality TV. Um, so we'll watch that, that together, but we can do pretty much like anything together. Like in the off, off season, we can like travel together. Uh, we go, we go out to eat always. Um, we're like, we have a pretty similar taste in movies though. So we can kind of just chill and like watch like a bunch of movies. You watch a bunch of like Harry, Harry Potter. You watch a bunch of like random kind of movies that are like that kind of like. So Brandon, kind of like- Brandon Clark <laughs> and Triple J are sitting there knocking out the eight Harry Potter movies. Yes. Uh, have you read yeah. the books? Uh, uh, I've read a few of them. Um, when I was younger, I never really finished reading the series, but I was always a really big fan of the books and. Yeah, me and him have watched the whole series a few uh, times together. Actually, what about what about TV? What's a go-to TV show? You mentioned reality TV. What's what's a give us a recommendation? Uh, well, actually, me and Jaron just finished watching Ozark together. We like watched all of like season four, part two, in like a day together. So we watched that pretty pretty fast together. But um, that's the one that. Uh, that's probably one of my uh, favorite shows ever. So that's one that I like a lot. Ozark. I'm, I'm mad at how good that one sounds because my, my wife and I do not have a lot Ozark. of overlapping TV taste. And Ozark sounds oh, yeah. like it's right in my wheelhouse and like way, it's a great one. way outside her wheelhouse. So I we that has Real- not been on in my house. No. What's the, what, so, so you're talking about you and Jaron and all this and, yeah. and, and Jaws leadership and whatever. Like what's the source of – like you guys have this alchemy and chemistry that is pretty rare – um in the nba and in pro sports in general where does it stem from and when did you begin to realize something something interesting is happening here not even just in terms of talent but in terms of how we approach the game what our priorities are no one's no one's gunning for their own stats whatever it is about you guys when did you where does it come from when did you realize it was kind of special I think that like starts with the like front office, just getting the right guys, just getting the guys that can like end up getting that chemistry together. Guys that are not selfish, like you said, uh, guys that just really like want to win. Um, like the front office did a crazy great job, like you know, like drafting Dez, drafting me, Jaw, Jaron X, Dylan, getting Kyle, getting all those guys that like play well really together. Um, it's kind of crazy how they like did that really. And it's ended up working out so well. And I think it really just stems from the front office, just knowing what they wanted and kind of like getting it done and just getting the right picks in the draft and making the right trades. 
Last one. You guys have three days off between games uh, nope. two and three without giving Finally. too. I don't want to give you. I don't want you to give away any game plan stuff or anything like that. But you got three days to watch film, think about the previous games, whatever. Yeah. What's one thing that you, Brandon Clark, want to lock in for for the next game in this series? Either an adjustment or something you didn't. Something yeah. really specific. You feel like I got to do that better, or I got to try yeah. to do that. Give me something. Yeah. Definitely be um, on the boards better. Um, that's something that I can do better. Um, I need to be on the, like, offensive glass better, uh, defensive glass too. Um, and, yeah, that's honestly it for me. That's the one thing I really want to kind of, like, lock into and really help, like, kind of kind of help dominate on the on the glass for us in the in the rest of, of this series. So um, I think that, you know, in the future we're going to see me getting much or many, many more boards than I did this, this past game. All right. Well, look, you guys have had just – eight rollicking playoff games uh i hope yeah. it keeps up congratulations on your thanks, personal man. success and your team success it's i been appreciate fun to watch. it thanks thanks for a little time i'll see you down the road brandon clark thank you sir of course appreciate you so much man for real thank you And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.